The G.I. Journal goes to press. Yes, sir, it's the G.I. Journal again, the radio newspaper of the AEF. Well, men, tonight we have a big surprise for you. You've all heard of Dorothy L'Amour, Hedy Lamar, and Madeline Carroll, haven't you? Well, tonight it's our pleasure here on the G.I. Journal to present a man who has had his face slapped by all three. Your editor-in-chief for this edition, Bob Hope. Hiya, man. Hiya, I'll get down off the ceiling. Thanks, Harry. I may have been slapped plenty, but I'm plenty happy, too. Well, men, this is your five-star final, and standing by are your five-star reporters. There's our star reporter, Linda Darnell, checking your letters and my passes. There's Ransom Sherman, editing the Views and the Muses' Poetry column, Music column, Kay Kaiser's Orchestra, Mel Blank, Arthur Q. Bryan, Harry Mitchell, and, of course, our outside reporter, Rochester, who ought to be calling in with a big story right now. Hello? Hello, boss, this is Rochester, your outside reporter. I'm behind the enemy lines, entrenched in a little town. Uh-oh. What's wrong? Here comes an enemy patrol to try and put me out of town. They got a flamethrower and they're aiming it at me. <laughs> they can't bluff me. They're not bluffing. That flamethrower will burn you to a cinder. <laughs> Rochester, Rochester, what happened? I'm now the toast of the town. <laughs> Kid does the effect with a frying pan in case we lay an egg with a joke. Is that wonderful? <laughs> so now we wander over to the music page and find Kay Kaiser's orchestra waiting for a downbeat to the pagan love song. Kay is not here, but he left instructions for me to just yell and they'd start. Maybe not all together, but they'd start, so get going. <laughs> Thank you. 
Swell going men and together, too. And now it's time to start the presses rolling in the G.I. Journal. Hold the presses. It's time for views from the muse, and I just ooze with news. Well, Ransom Sherman, uh, you are a Ransom Sherman, aren't you? Oh, aren't we all? I mean, life, <laughs> life is so full of, well, life, living life. It's, it's so full of life. That's the word, life. Yeah. <laughs> he sounds like he's tired of it. <laughs> Listen, aren't you Uncle Dennis on the Fibber McGee show? Well, now, McCusher, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm just an ordinary guy with an ordinary pair of pants on, and all I want is a chance to go out and pick up a couple of bucks. <laughs> well, you came to the wrong place. But did you say... Did you say you had some poetry for us? Oh, that's what I say, and don't we all? Life is so full of... Oh, well, let it go. Our first poem is from the pen of Lieutenant Rose Craig in the Stars and Stripes, or Ann Daly. The ladies do have reserves. It isn't artificial. But when the right man comes along... <laughs> One finds it superficial. Boy, wait till I get another try at that Hedy Lamar. <laughs> the next contribution from Merchant Marine Joey Hartnett out on the Atlantic. A merchant marine on a tanker wed a mermaid one day while at anchor. He gets full of dismay when she's naughty and gay because he can't figure out where to spank her. Don't forget, man, if you get any poems, just V-mail them in the G.I. Journal, Armed Forces Radio, Los Angeles, USA, and we'll read them for you. And if you hurry, you might reach us in time to enter our big sarong pin contest for the best poem. Win Dottie Lamour's famous sarong pin and an autograph letter from Dottie yourself. Address G.I. Journal, Armed Forces Radio, Los Angeles, USA. Hello, Rochester. That's right. And listen closely, boss. This may be my last telephone call for quite a while. Your last telephone call? How come? The string broke on this nickel I've been using. <laughs> well, never mind that, Rochester. Have you got anything to report? I told you to get a story about the infantry. Yeah, I got a story about the infantry. They're all wonderful marksmen. Wonderful marksmen? Yes, I'm out here on the rifle range with a whole platoon. What was that? Maggie's drawers. <laughs> What was that? Maggie! <laughs> Rochester, you were supposed to go marching with that infantry outfit, and you know it. Well, that's what I've been doing, boss. Are you sure? Sure, I'm sure. Are you positive? Positive, I'm positive. Are you certain? Well, what must I do? Mail you my blisters? <laughs> well, what about that march you took today, Rochester? Have you anything to report? Sure I have, boss. While we were marching along, I had a very unfortunate experience. I stopped to play with an animal that had a stripe on it. An animal with a stripe on it? A Rochester, you mean a skunk? Well, no PFC ever smelled like that. <laughs> and now the music proof sheets for our Sunday edition are headed this week by Deacon Jones and Sully Mason and the Kaiser Gang are aiming this one at APO 928. Okay, you can start now. Who is honored and respected Deacon Jones? Honored and respected Deacon Jones 
Who's so kind and unaffected is Deacon Jones. Now when that sinner's moaning low, who will share his tale of woe? Lordy, Lord, hallelujah, is Deacon Jones. Now who is handsome and good-looking is old Deacon Jones. And who can smell that rooster cooking is Deacon Jones. Who get all the chicken breasts, leave the giblets for the rest? Oh, Lord, hallelujah, Deacon Jones. Yes, Deacon Jones, oh, Deacon Jones, Lordy, Lord, hallelujah, yes, Deacon Jones. his neighbors who will help you with your labors who will help you beat the rug help you find that side of jug who takes up the contribution who attends to the distribution and before that dough is spent who takes out that 10 percent yes deacon jones oh deacon jones lord lord hallelujah deacon jones oh deacon Sir, Sully Mason, you really chopped that up into little pieces. You, Bob. Hey, Bob, there's lots of letters here from overseas. Well, Linda Darnell, gee, you look swell tonight. I bet everybody in the audience is saying how young and sweet you look. Oh, thanks, Bob. It was nice of you to stand next to me. <laughs> <laughs> Linda, I remember when you first came to Hollywood. You were only 15, so naive and unsophisticated, and then you met me. <laughs> yes, I was naive and unsophisticated, wasn't I? Yes, and also fast in your feet, as I remember. <laughs> hey, Bob. <laughs> Anywho, can you remember back to when you were 15? Of course I can remember back to when I was 15. Well, tell me, Bob, was the Spanish-American War really exciting? <laughs> Linda, you make me sound like an old man It wasn't so long ago I was just a nosy little brat in rompers and black stockings Yeah, now everything is gone except the nose <laughs> Well, how do you siphon gas? Linda, you shouldn't talk that way. Don't you remember what I was doing when you first came to Hollywood? Yes, Bob, and I'm so glad you stopped being a peeping Tom. <laughs> Who said I stopped? But I, <laughs> but I wish you'd stop talking about me like I was an old-timer, Linda. Why, I'm just starting to percolate. Oh, I know you're just starting to percolate, Bob, but it's too bad the grounds are in such an old pot. <laughs> Amazing. Bob, I, I'm really very sorry I made cracks about your age, but I sort of had the impression that you used to be so gay and so full of life back in the old days. Well, I'm still gay and full of life, Linda. And you were so romantic, Well, I'm Bob. still romantic. And you were so generous with your money. Gee, you were a lavish spender. Well, time marches on. 
I think we'd better open some of our letters to the editor, huh? All right. What'll we use to open them? And stop staring at my nose. <laughs> well, tell us to stop staring at me, then. Uh, the first one... <laughs> the first letter is from the Stars and Stripes. It's by T4, Edmund Skedzilevsky, and he calls it African Chant. Hey, what is that African chant? Well, I think that's the thing that the little Arabian kids do over in Africa. They come around and say, Bon Bon Chocolate Chewing Gum. I think that's the right. Oh, I see. Well, do my best. Bon Bon Chocolate Chewing Gum. Good old song the Arabs hum. We say alley, which means go. All we want is quieto. Bon Bon Chocolate Chewing Gum. Give them some or you're dumb. So we give them just a bit, and then Americanos make a hit. We'll hear it till the war is won. And when our work over here is done, and we go back to the plant... We're going to miss that African chant. Bonbon, chocolate, chewing gum. Oh, that's fine, Linda. Also, shoe shine, melican polish, no good, no pay. That's another little racket. That. <laughs> Along with that. Say, that sounds like the dialogue of one of Duffy's better writers, doesn't it? <laughs> Let me read the next one. Nander E. Hayes relays this from Italy. Nander says the Germans are getting to the point where they even mine foxholes. Soldier sees the foxhole, and when an enemy plane approaches, he jumps in. That's all, brother. I've got to get another job, I tell you. I've got to get another job. You're not satisfied where you are? How could I be? The monotony of it is killing me. Back and forth, back and forth. Oh, the monotony. Back and forth, eh? What are you, a bus driver? No, silly. I'm the pendulum on a cuckoo clock. <laughs> He's a pendulum. I'd like to wind a spring for him. Read on, Landa. Well, Bob Private Colby Bernard in the South Pacific tells about the CB's inventive ability. For instance, they take old oil drums and make culverts, stoves, and hot cake grills and such and such and such. In fact, one CB even constructed... One C... Not in my script. I didn't... <laughs> no, really, those guys are very clever because one CB even constructed a sightseeing canoe with second-hand Jap seaplane floats for the outrigging and an empty oil drum for the hull. How do you they like really that? Dream them up, don't they? Yeah, hey, Linda, that Crosby must have a little CB in his blood. He takes old Christmas ties and makes suits for himself and Barney Dean, you know. <laughs> Remember, man, if you run across anything different around your base, just sit down and email it into the GI Journal, Armed Forces Radio, Los Angeles, USA, and we'll credit you with it. And now it's time for our weekly review of our musical pinup girl. <laughs> This week, it's gorgeous Georgia Carroll, who's singing for all the men at APO 934, No Love, No Nothing. No love, no nothing, until my baby comes home. No, sir, no nothing, as long as baby must roam, I promise him. I'd wait for him till even Hades froze. I'm lonesome, heaven knows. But what I said still goes. No love, no nothing. And that's the promise I'll keep. No fun with no one. I'm getting plenty of sleep. My heart's on strike, and so it's like an empty honeycomb. 
Private sad sack is back. What's on your mind, if any? Well, I, I, uh, be, uh, I want to get ahead. Well, I don't blame you. The head you're wearing should have been turned in for salvage a long time ago. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, I want to get ahead uh, while I'm in there for the, the, the service. Well, why don't you enroll in the United States Armed Forces Institute? It only costs two bucks. Oh, I, I, I can't. Well, sure you can. It's the official Army-Navy school that gives every man and woman in our armed forces a chance to continue his education no matter where he is. But I can't. You see... Oh, now, don't let that hold you back. The Armed Forces Institute offers courses that may be substituted for high school and college credit. Correspondence and self-teaching courses that help train you for promotions in the service. But you see, I can't. Oh, yes, you can. These courses prepare you for a swell civilian job after the war. Courses where you can learn anything from accounting and aviation to trigonometry and welding. Oh, nonsense. All... <laughs> All you have to do to get full information on the Armed Forces Institute courses is to see your orientation officer, librarian, your special service officer, your education officer. But I tell you, I can't take one of those correspondence courses. Well, why can't you? Well, I'm uh, mad at our mail clerk. <laughs> it's just about time now for our advice of the lovelorn column. Ah, here comes the editor of the Love Problems Now. Greetings, Mr. Hope. <laughs> well, Arthur Q. Bryan, say, did you receive many letters from servicemen about affairs of the heart this week? I certainly. Here's a letter from Private First Class Richard Robinson somewhere in England. <laughs> and here's a question he sent in. Dear sir, do you think that a man is better off married or happy? <laughs> well, Private, the best thing of all would, have to, would be to be married and to be happy both. But there's one big thing that always interferes with that. What's that? A wife. <laughs> Why, Professor, you mean you don't approve of marriage? Well, after all, Mr. Hope, what is marriage? Just a ceremony where you pay $2 for a booby trap. <laughs> Are you comparing your wife, Rosie Love, to a booby trap? No, no. I wouldn't dream of comparing Rosie Love to a booby trap. A booby trap explodes only once. <laughs> but let's get back to the love problem, Arthur. What's your advice to the private who wants to get married? He's got a girl who wants to liberate him from bachelorhood. Wants to liberate him, huh? That's right. Well, just remember this, Private. When you get up real close, 
Many a wibble waiter turns out to be a flying fortress. <laughs> APO 716 has asked for a weather report in music. So Harry, Georgia, Diane, Joe, and Max obliged with a headline arrangement on Oh, What a Beautiful Morning.
And now, oh, uh, 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 pardon me, excuse, 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 I beg you, please, uh, one side, bud. <laughs> well, the sad sack, are you back again? <laughs> yeah, but, you see, uh, lots of people don't believe there is such a person as uh, uh, this, 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 this sad sack. So, so let's tell them the, uh, the st- st- uh, story of my, uh, my autobiography, uh, the history of my pap. Shall we start at the beginning? <laughs> Say, fellas, you've read a lot about this character, but tonight you're going to find out how he got that way. Presenting for the first time anywhere, the life of the sad sack. <laughs> In a small western town, a baby is born. The mother looks lovingly at her baby for the first time and says... <laughs> but as time goes by, the parents grow fond of the little shaver, and when he is two months old, they give him his first bath. The father looks proudly at his wife and says, Let's hold his head under another three minutes. <laughs> but young Sad Sack is very, a very quiet and intelligent baby. The first time he sees his nurse, he looks up at her and says, Hi, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be, babe. <laughs> Then the years roll by. War is declared, and the sad sack runs to his local draft board. I want to uh, uh, I want to get in there and, uh, and uh, the, uh, I want to uh, go over the uh, uh, I want a deferment. <laughs> the sad sack is inducted. He quickly gets into the army routine. We find him one day an active participant in the regular war games. Yeah, yeah, come on, Seven. (laughs) Baby needs a new pair of shoes. Yeah, yeah, come on, Dice. Baby needs a new pair of shoes. Well, I'll go to the supply sergeant. (laughs) The sad sack then gets his first important assignment. It becomes a sentry guarding a military objective. One dark night, a spy approaches. Halt! Uh, who, uh, who goes the uh, the uh, who goes the uh, the uh, what's the uh, pass? What's the uh, uh, oh, go on in? <laughs> and that is the first chapter in the life of the sad sack. And now we line a type for the good old infantry everywhere. A bit of Gershwin. I know that you know
Hey, I'm back in camp soaking my feet. Soaking your feet? Yeah, I got them in a nice lukewarm bucket of water. I'll just lay back on my bunk and relax. All right, you guys, fall in. They'll do it every time. <laughs> well, then, it's about time to start drawing the blinds on the old GI Journal and distributing the type. Whoa, whoa, a definition just came in from Sergeant John Pop of North Africa. Definition, eh? Definition of what? Itches. Itches is something that when a rookie is standing at attention, his nose always. <laughs> Thanks for that definition, John. And now, before I go, I want to let you know that you can get full information about the Armed Forces Institute by writing direct to the Commandant of the U.S. Armed Forces Institute at any one of these branches. Better remember this. Central Pacific Area Branch at APO 958. APO 958. European Branch at APO 887. That's APO 887. And the Middle East Branch at APO 787. That's APO 787. So why not right now, before you forget? This is Bob Hope saying so long. The G.I. Journal has been a presentation of the Armed Forces Radio Service.